You want to bet like the Not For The Bay podcast? Go sign up with BetUS Sportsbook, where you can get in the game. Provides multiple sports, online casino, and live betting. Has easy deposits, fast payouts, so sign up today using promo code NFD to receive 125% in bonuses. BetUS. Bet wherever, whenever. Coming up on the Not For The Bay podcast, we will be recapping NFL Week 8, all the games following the Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills game. Another loss for the Green Bay Packers. Offense seems to be struggling. But NFL Week 8, you know how we do. Salonel gets us right with the intro. Ain't no love lost, I'll just move how I move. Jockin' for position, I fight in Nilla too. Whoa, I got these niggas rattled, got these bitches so low. Tell them on the tone while she blow on my flu. I got biggie dreams, give me, give me the loot. Don't put no selling on me, I'ma shoot through the roof. Every day I wake up, I'm tryna blow it down. This beat is knockin' weed, hitting while I move through the town. I discover what it's like to say, fuck it. You can look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something. Took a little minute, but I like who I'm becoming. Yeah. All right, we'd like to welcome everybody into the Not For The Bay podcast following the Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills. A final score ended up being 17-27 Buffalo Bills. Again, we are still on the East Coast. So it's currently sitting, what, 11.36 Eastern Time. Honestly, I wasn't surprised about this game. Like, uh, clearly the Green Bay Packers, they're struggling to find their way as far as offensively. The inexperience on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Rodgers trying to improvise with what he has. It's just the Buffalo Bills are just too much of a talented team. I, I just feel like this is this the Green Bay Packers is just way outmatched offensively uh, for for the Buffalo Bills. Like the the two best teams in the league, in my honest opinion, right now are the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's it's going to be really very 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 hard to stop the Buffalo Bills. Uh, when you look at the Buffalo Bills offense, it's so dynamic. They, they have so many different ways of scoring on you. Like, it's very, very difficult to game plan defensively against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, excuse me, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Like, there have been multiple times during the course of this game, the Green Bay Packers have came out, tried to blitz Josh Allen. Josh Allen ends up escaping and be uh, able to make plays with his feet, picking up the first down or making plays, moving outside the pocket, and finding the open man. But it's it's going to be tough to stop the, the Buffalo Bills uh, once we get d- deeper into the season and into the playoffs. Um, it's, as long as Josh Allen is the quarterback and he's able to do play the way that he plays, it's, it's, it's going to be hard. But Josh Allen was 13 for 25 for 280 yards, two touchdowns. In the second half, he ended up having those two interceptions. Uh, but... Uh, outside of those two interceptions, I felt like he played pretty efficient. Like I said, um, his ability to make plays with his feet, six carries, 49 yards, able to do his thing. And then the, Im- the improvisation too, able to throw the ball outside the pocket. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just beautiful to sit, sit down and watch Josh Allen and, and, and Patrick Mahomes, honestly, like those two that what they're able to do when, when the pocket collapses and they have to, and they have to make something up. They they get it done. There was a touchdown at the beginning. I think it was the first touchdown uh, on the first drive for the Buffalo Bills. They went right down the field, and it was in the red zone. And Josh Allen was 
acted like he was rolling to the left, scrambling to the right, left, scrambling to the left and for, for a touchdown and ended up flipping the ball over, uh, to Dawson Knox in the back of the end zone. So again, when we look at the, when we look at the Green Bay Packers, I felt like the Green Bay Packers in this game, they allowed themselves to be down early in this game. And that's not how the Green Bay Packers would well, that, that basically ruined the Green Bay Packers chances of coming back to win the game. Like they were held. It was seven. It was, it was they had, excuse me. It was had only scored seven points in the second quarter. And they was in the hole. I believe it was what, what 14 points. Yeah. 14 points. Excuse me. 10 point. No, 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 no. I'm tripping. Uh, 14 points in the second quarter before they scored that first touchdown. So, when you look at the Green Bay Packers with the off with the wide receivers, the inability to separate and get open, um, the they're so dependent on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon coming out of the backfield. Like that's just gonna have to be their bread and butter. I know we discussed this early on in the season. Like that's gonna have to be their bread and butter. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, the split back sets that they come out and run. Uh, this this evening, Aaron Jones had 20 carries for 103 yards. AJ Dillon had 10 carries for 54 yards. Like that's just what you're going to have to do, and you're going to have to play off of that moving forward during the course of the season. If you decide you don't want to go ahead and move forward and adding another another receiver before this trade deadline, which is coming up this week, actually. Uh, but that's that you you got you got to be able to you got to you got to run the football. Get the get these guys involved early, so you don't be put in the hole where you won't be able to run the football, and then you had to be dependent on Aaron Rodgers to make a play. And these receivers have shown time and time again they're not capable of making plays right now. So and and it and it shows it, it it really shows, and it's unfortunate for the Green Bay Packers because yeah they fall they fall to three and five now they're sitting what second place. It's surprising they're sitting second place in the North right now. Uh, only to the only to the Minnesota Vikings, but they got to figure something out if they want to come if they want to come back in this division and possibly make a push for the playoffs. Uh, last thing about the Buffalo Bills, I wanted to say, um, again, they're at the top of the AFC. They I, like even though the Dolphins beat them early on the season, I I I just think that the Buffalo Bills are just a totally different animal. I think it's going to be a totally different story when they go back and see each other again. Uh, for sure, that left uh, like Josh Allen has something to prove, especially the way that game ended against the Dolphins. So, um, I, I I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to the Buffalo Bills as far as the best team in the AFC East. Well, yeah, in the AFC East now, we talk about as far as the AFC right now. We sit in and think about okay, Kansas City. I believe right now Kansas City and 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 Buffalo are neck and neck, but I kind of want to give the slight edge to the Buffalo Bills because of the fact that they're, they're, they're more of the complete team. Um, you look, you look at their defense, like the defense is, is relentless. The addition of Von Miller was amazing. Him is able to just come in and just rush the passer. And they just have a, just a slew of guys that can go in there and rush the passer. And then all offensively, again, they're like tough to stop. So it's, it's going to be hard. It's, it's really going to be hard. Now, before we get into any of these other games, I, I just I just wanted to say like what is going on with the with the NFL here because I'm, I'm telling you the most ridiculous thing that has has just blown my mind this season was the fact that you had to pay for pay to watch games now now I like it was one thing when 
you know, when we started having to add the extra channels, this is, I'm talking about like back when we used to have cable TV and then you had to make the transition to direct TV and then you had to add NFL network. Like I remember when I had an NFL and when I, we first got direct TV in my house and it's like, we talking about like back, but direct TV had the little card thing. You had to place the card in the, in the, in the, um, in the cable box for you to be able to watch TV. Before when I was watching regular cable, I would watch ESPN all day. Even though I didn't want to sit down and watch baseball, I didn't want to sit back and watch softball. I wanted to sit down and watch NFL Live. It used to come on like four o'clock every every weekday. Four o'clock every weekday. And then like I would just be looking at the sports center ticker to see if they was talk about basketball, they was talk about football. And Outside of that, really, I didn't really care for any other sport that was coming over that screen. And then finally, we got the direct TV. We had, I had the, uh, the NFL network channel and I was like, wow, this is amazing channel. Like you sit down and you watch all these different, all these, all these different, you just watch straight football the whole day. And then Sunday they had the NFL replay, which I loved NFL replay because of the fact that it, it skipped all the unnecessary crap that went down during the game. Now NFL replay, you could watch it any, any way you want to watch it. Like, but they actually had showed the best games. It was, it was beautiful. Then they implemented the Thursday night football where it was only going to be shown on NFL network. And this, and, and this, this has a point. Give me a minute. And now we're at the point now where Thursday night football is showed on Amazon Prime. So you had to pay for a membership for Amazon Prime for you to watch football on Thursday. Then now we have these international games now on Sunday mornings where this morning, come to find out, I had to pay for ESPN Plus, which is like $99 a month and it's like $100 a year for me to be able to watch this game this morning between the between the um what two teams playing in London it was it was the Denver Broncos and the and the Jacksonville Jaguars it's like this is like this is where his came from this, like this is where this is going right now like really like I'm already paying for NFL Red Zone I was about to pay for NFL Sunday ticket, but NFL Sunday ticket still tripping. I don't know what is going on with Sunday ticket, but they will not let me choose my package. But Red Zone, I'm paying like a hundred dollars a month for that. And then like you got to like it's it's just ridiculous of how many different memberships you need to have for you to sit down and watch football. Football used to be free. Now you got to pay. Like this is, I'm not liking the way this is going right now. Next thing you know, all the, all the nationally televised games are going to be moved to a channel where you're going to have to pay to watch those, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. Like it's, like it's ridiculous how this is going. But anyway, like the final score was, was, was 24, 21 and 17, uh, Jack, um, excuse me, Denver still. I'm not impressed with Russell Wilson and, and the, well, Russell Wilson in general. Cause I've I like, I'm not impressed with Russell Wilson, uh, with the Denver Broncos, like still things to improve. Um, when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars first game without James Robinson in the backfield, Travis Etienne got the full, got the full duty, took advantage of his opportunities at 24 carries, 156 yards and a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence continues to struggle, which, I, what is going on with these guys in this 2020 draft, excuse me, 21 draft? Like, we're struggling. 
Like they're literally struggling. Zach Wilson struggling. Trey Lance ain't playing. Um, Mac Jones struggling. Like it's like, are we going to go ahead and call this, this, like, is it, is it, is it, is it time for us to call this draft a bust? Like, well, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, like when you, when you said that, like it literally reminded me of this 2000, the 2006 class. Was it the 2006 class with Vince Young, Matt Leiner, and Jay Cutler? None of those guys won Super Bowls. I'd probably say the most successful one was probably Jay Cutler. <laughs> so, yeah, like this, like Trevor Lawrence, when coming out of college, coming out of college, well, was was stated to be the best, one of the best quarterback prospects to ever come out of college in a, in a while. So I'm I'm very very disappointed in 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 Trevor Lawrence's play uh, as of late this year. I know it's his first year in the system with Doug Peterson, but I'm 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 expecting a whole lot more from Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I just feel like the turnovers that he commits are at the wrong times. It'd be it'd be late in the fourth quarter, and and ends up being detriment to the team as far as they wanted to win football games. But like. That class is just very, very questionable for me right now. Very questionable. Um, but I want to get probably get to the best game on Sunday was the, it was the, it was the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. And I want to go ahead and fast forward it to the fourth quarter, which was an amazing quarter. If I do say so myself. It was 21, excuse me, 21, 28, 30, 34. So 30, 33 points scored in the fourth quarter between the two teams. It was, it was that, it was that good. One thing that we know for sure for the Carolina Panthers, they're going to be good to go at the running back position. Like when I say Dante Foreman is the guy, like he, he is the guy. Like I knew it last year. I knew it last year when he was running the ball with, with, um, with the Tennessee Titans behind, behind, uh, Derrick Henry. But I, you, you look at him today, like he definitely deserves full duty. 26 carries, 118 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I like the, the Carolina Panthers definitely had this game in the bag two times. Now the most, the most, the most memorable one is the one at the end of the game where they had the DJ board touchdown and then he had the unsportsmanlike conduct and they ended up missing the extra point. And that was crucial because that would have gave him the go ahead to win the game. And, and again, at the end, at the end in the, when they went into overtime, Marcus Mariota threw an interception and the Carolina Panthers again were in a situation where they were able to go come away with the game, and they ended up botching it up again. And then the Atlanta Falcons ended up capitalizing it and ended up winning the game. So it was it was definitely a good game. It was it was definitely a good game. Not a lot not a lot of people going to sit here and talk about the game, but uh, it was it was definitely a good game uh, for the well for the Atlanta Falcons. They're sitting at four and four right now. I believe they're in the in in first place in the AFC in the NFC West, with AFC South. Excuse me, AFC NFC South. Matter of fact, just to con, just to double check. Yep, four and four, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trailing three and five. So yeah, the Atlanta Falcons are currently sitting in first place. We would have never have guessed this. Would have never have guessed this because we was when we was talking about it 
before the season started, we was like, all right, this is how it's going to be. It's going to be it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to be the first team in the in the South. And then we're going to sit here and we're going to look at the New Orleans Saints. Now, the New Orleans Saints, they come down a new regime. Dennis Allen coming in, Sean Payton out. Uh, it's our second year, Pat, after we lost Drew Brees. What we going to get? <laughs> and it's it, it's it's crazy. The Atlanta Falcons at the losing Matt Ryan. Yeah, Marcus Mariota is your quarterback. Your defense is playing fairly decent. It shocked me. It, it it really shocked me. I had no I had no idea this was going to turn out to be this way. Honestly. All right, so we got the Chicago Bears at the Dallas Cowboys. So I know the Dallas Cowboys came away with this win in a dominant in a dominant way. But I want to look at the I want to I want to congratulate the Chicago Bears because the Chicago Bears consecutive weeks have been able to put up more than 20 points. And I'm actually kind of upset with myself because of the fact that I had Darnell Mooney on my roster and is and it's looking like they're actually trying to get him involved in the offense now. So I wanted to go ahead and get that out the way. Like I like it. The offense is not your, you're not your generic offense that you usually see. It's, it's a, um, it's something that you like we're, we're, we're relying on Justin Fields, ability to run the football. We're going to sprinkle in some David Montgomery. We're going to sprinkle in some Khalil Herbert and we're going to, we're going to improvise as far as us being able to throw the football. And I'm, and it's, it's getting the job done. They're able to move, move the ball. They're able to put up points. They're able to sustain drives. Like, again, it's not the prettiest thing, but it's getting the job done, which is, which is the most important thing. So go ahead, Chicago Chicago Bears. But unfortunately, you end up going up against the, the, the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys, 49 points they put up on the Chicago Bears. Um, I would say Dak Prescott, was fairly efficient, 21 for 27, 250 yards, two touchdowns, did throw a pick, but was 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 fairly efficient. Look at Tony Pollard. It's looking like more and more he's going to be the guy moving forward. I really think the Dallas Cowboys are going to get rid of Zeke at the end of the season. I really do because I just feel like the the Tony Pollard is a, is the more effective back in the backfield. I just feel like Zeke, I, like it's, it's nice to have two different types of backs, but I just feel like with Zeke there, it takes away from Pollard's touches and it gets, it takes away from what the Dallas Cowboys want to do. They want to run the ball and it sets up the play action for Dak Prescott to turn around and do his thing. So it's, it, I think it just might be, it might be Zeke's time after this year, but it was a good win for the Dallas Cowboys, um, able to take out the, the Chicago Bears. All right. The Miami Dolphins. At the Detroit Lions. Now they was gonna they was gonna honor well they honored Barry Sanders today. Miami Dolphins said not today. Mm. Now the Miami Dolphins came in this game at a slow start. And I was and I was concerned when the when the Detroit Lions they came out with a fourteen point lead, I was like, Oh gosh. 
this ain't good. Like they came out, they came out on the first drive that had a seven play drive for 60 yards. And I was like, okay, all right, we're going to do, we're going to bounce back. And then the Dolphins ended up fumbling, Mostert ended up fumbling the ball. And then they get the ball right back. And then the, and then the, the Detroit Lions ended up going right down the field. And then they ended up scoring another touchdown. We 14 in the hole. And then I will say, I know Tua played a good game today. He played a very good game today, but you get the Dolphins a better quality quarterback and y'all gonna be like, you sound crazy. But if you get the Dolphins a better quarterback than Tua, this Dolphins will be unstoppable. You don't understand how many times I have seen Tariq Hill wide open and Tua underthrows him every time. And like we, we talking about like home run hit touchdowns that Tua is missing Tyreek Hill in, but he's throwing it to him. But they're, they're touchdown passes. They're supposed to be touchdown, like they're home runs. And he's got to adjust, stop, catch the ball. And those Miami Dolphins fans that were 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 criticizing Jakeem Grant that those years ago when they played the Kansas City Chiefs. These are the plays that I'm talking about. Luckily, Tariq Hill, he's on another level than Jakeem Grant, and he's able to go up and get that 50-50 ball even though he's little. But those are the balls that some of us fans are talking about. you got to be able to make those pads, get that mug in stride. Let the receiver catch it in stride. Don't have him turn around and stop. Like There's a lot of points that you're leaving on the board because of your arm. Like arm strength is not there. And they're like, yo, you're crazy. What are you talking about? 29 for 36, 282 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. The numbers look nice. But when you sit there and you look, watch the game, it's, it's a total different dynamic. Like you can sit there, look at the yards and be like, okay, 382, fine. But those 382 could have been like, what, two, three yard passes. And then the receivers could have did all the work as far as yards that they catch. And that could have made to his stats inflated, but that's not what I'm saying in this particular situation. I'm just saying when you stats lie, sometimes stats really do lie. You have to sit down and watch the game to understand, but it was a good win for the Miami dolphins. Like I said, had an early, early fumble, put them in front of 14 point hole. They was able to bounce back and able to do their thing and uh, take care of the Detroit Lions. And I will say the Detroit Lions defense is atrocious atrocious like I'm literally seeing guys running up and down the field wide open for the Miami Dolphins that's how atrocious that secondary is for the Detroit Lions and don't think I forgot we did a show I don't like I don't like telling other people's business we did a show we did a preview for the Lions we did a preview for the Bears I just want that person that we sat down and we had this conversation with to look at the standings right now for the NFC North. Where is the Detroit Lions and where is the Chicago Bears? No further questions. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. We got the Minnesota, the Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings. I want to go ahead and flip this to fantasy real quick because Kyler Murray is the biggest, the one of the my biggest irritating players on my team because in this first half, I believe he had like point ninety two fantasy points for me, and he's struggling. And then some, all of a sudden, we just turn it up in the second half. 
But that Minnesota Vikings defense, I feel like in the second half, they step up and they make plays. And they was able to prevent the Arizona Cardinals from from coming back and winning this game, honestly. But you look at the Minnesota Vikings, it it's crazy. If you if you weren't paying attention to football, you would be like, Minnesota Vikings, six and one? Are you serious? They're like one of the best teams in the NFC with Kirk Cousins. With Kirk Cousins. And I'm and I love Kirk Cousins. I used to get I used to get heat all the time. Why do you like Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is a choke artist. Look, we want to sit down and we want to talk about them days in Washington where the, the Washington at the time, Redskins didn't have a running game. We want to talk about that when Kirk Cousins had to sling the ball up and down the field all the time. Okay, you want to talk about the season after the Vikings went to the conference championship with Case Keenum. Was it the division around or the conference championship? I think it was a division around. The division around with Case Keenum. And they, oh, excuse me. I take that back. It was the conference championship. They lost to the Saints. No, they beat the Saints. Playoff game. It was a playoff game. They lost to the Saints. I for, I can't remember. It was a divisional game. I want to say it's the divisional game. I really think it is the divisional game. But they lost to. They lost in the, in the playoffs with Case Kim. And then they come in next year. They give Kirk Cousins the 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 guaranteed contract that was that was the biggest uproar in NFL history, sports history, because now we have a gift, the first guaranteed contract ever. And now we play quarterbacks guaranteed money. Then Kirk Cousins comes in that very next year, shits the bed. The Vikings don't make it to the playoffs. Stefan Diggs is unhappy. They get rid of Stefan Diggs. And then there we are. We have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen is still there. Dalvin Cook is still there. And now we're sitting here six and one. And nobody is saying anything about Kirk Cousins. Nobody. Like, like I said, the, the quarterback position is the most dependent position in sports. Relies on offensive line to protect. The receivers need to get open. Running backs need to be able to be effective in the running game. Dalvin Cook, 20 carries for 111 yards and a touchdown. And when you look at Kirk, efficient. 20 for, 24 for 36 for 232 and two touchdowns. Folks think that if the quarterback is not throwing the ball consistently, then they're a game manager. I strongly disagree because you can have a very good quarterback and you just may have a dominant running back that can, that you don't want to not right hand the ball off to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I feel like in Kirk Cousins case, he definitely can win you the game. But I also feel like Kirk Cousins, he does need a little bit of a leash sometimes because he can get a little bit dangerous with the ball. But I just I just wanted to get that off my chest because I feel like Kirk Cousins has taken a lot of heat over the past several years. I'm pretty sure the Washington Commanders are regretting not having him right now with their quarterback situation, even though Tyler Heineken got, his first, got, got himself a win today. 
But Kirk Cousins is the dude. And do you like that? All right, let me let me go ahead and get into this game with this uh with this Las Vegas Raiders and the and the and the New Orleans Saints. And I gotta say, Josh McDaniels, you need to be fired. I, I'm sorry. I when when teams I don't get when they when they come how they come up with these game plans. I really don't. I really don't because if if something is working, why are we changing it? That makes no. Why are we changing it? Why? And I'm referring to the lack of carries to Josh Jacobs for the Las Vegas Raiders. Why hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs? Let's let's get that thing going, and then everything else should come into play. Ten carries for Josh Jacobs for 43 yards. Ten carries. Hey, I'm sitting here. I'm watching watching this game. I'm seeing Derek Carr throwing the ball, trying be trying to throw the ball, and three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And I'm like, come on, like, like Josh, get Josh take us the ball. He know what he's doing. He know what he's doing. Then we then we get stuff the play action. Devontae Adams should be open coming across the middle. We get some Hunter Renfro involved. Like that's what I'm. That's like that's the bread and butter. I thought we figured this out, Josh McDaniels. You're over here trying to be too smart for your own doggone good. Like run the ball, have Josh Jacobs establish the run game, and then everything else will come into play. That's just what it is. And I just feel like the Vegas Raiders. They literally. Gave this game away because of Josh McDaniels and his ridiculous play call of the day. I had to get that off my chest. And yes, Josh Jacobs is still on my fantasy team. That's another reason why I'm mad because I'm expecting like another 25-point game from him. Like we're playing against the Saints. That was a must-needed win for the Raiders. A must-needed win. And they blew it. Big old goose head, donut, 24 points for the New Orleans Saints. The New England Patriots at the New York Jets. We have this quarterback controversy. I felt like for the past two weeks, Bailey Zapp, Mac Jones. I watched the game closely this for Mac Jones. There were times during the course of this game I was like, yep, I'm definitely going to regret making that video about Mac Jones being the guy because it looks, it looks very vanilla. It looks very vanilla. He's a sitting duck in the pocket. He doesn't have no mobility. I'm going to give it one more week before I make my decision again, because I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I'm really not liking what I'm seeing, even though they came away with the win, but there was some there was a couple of a couple of bad throws by Zach Zach Wilson that had the New England Patriots made it easier for the New England Patriots to come out and win this game. All right, another dominant performance for the Philadelphia Eagles. They remain undefeated, end up beating the Pittsburgh Steelers final score thirteen to thirty five. I like we over here just to talk about these quarterbacks for real that like I want to talk about somebody that's really shocked me this year has been Justin Fields. I've spoke to guys, Quinte in particular, shout out to Quinte. We was like, 
we don't think that Justin Fields is the guy. Excuse me, Justin Fields. J- Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the guy. So after this year, it was going to be they going into the draft and they was going to get the best quarterback available. Don't look like that. Like I had some questions about his him being able to throw the deep. Uh, Jalen Hurts being able to throw the deep ball. He's able to do it. Like this is so dynamic with this offense where they're able to run the RPO, the RPO read. Like if the running it, if the if the run ain't there, we can go ahead and shut up, shut up the short pass. And AJ 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 Brown played well too, three touchdowns today. Like it's just weapons all over the Philadelphia Eagles offense, and they're going to be again another team that's going to be tough to stop. By the way, I know we ended up missing out on the trade for Robert Quinn, but real quick, we can go over this trade, which. I feel like it's amazing because I feel like Robert Quinn. I love Robert Quinn ever since he came into the league as a Los Angeles Ram. Multiple double digit sack seasons. When he come into Philadelphia, you a compliment to uh you a you a compliment to Fletcher Cox. You can get a lot of one on ones with Robert Quinn. I believe last year he came off of a 19 sack season, so he definitely got something left. He definitely got something left. Like this man is the man. <laughs> like, even though his time was short in Miami, loved him in Miami, should have kept him in Miami, but that regime they they wanted to keep it young. And with the Rams, did his thing. But that, I feel like that was a good trade for the for the Philadelphia Eagles, adding another pass rusher. You can never have too many pass rushers on your roster. When we look at the Pittsburgh, like you, it's another that like you just outmatched with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're literally just outmatched. So I wasn't expecting the Pittsburgh Steelers to come in here and and and, and win this game. Honestly, because the Eagles are just a dominant football team. Just a dominant football team. All right. Next up, we have another. We have the AFC South matchup: the Tennessee Titans at the ten, at the Houston Texans. Malik Malik um, Malik Willis's first start. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the prettiest. Six for ten for fifty-five yards. And then Derrick Henry, that man, did his thing. Thirty-two carries, two hundred and nineteen yards, and two touchdowns. Literally did his thing against the Houston Texans. It's really like the Houston Texans offensively just enabled to run, enabled to move the ball. That's just enabled to move the ball. Oh, excuse me. I'm just like, I I don't even I don't even win my win my parlay. I'm just thinking about it. I'm just uh, I'm at I'm just like it is what it is at this point. It is what it is. But uh, next, the Washington Commanders at the Indianapolis Colts. The Commanders came away with the one point W, seventeen to sixteen. It's like the key play was at the end of the game. Terry McLaurin, I think they just showed the sl- the slideshow of him playing football in Indianapolis, coming back to Indianapolis and that stadium, him making a big play on one of the biggest, on one of the best corners in football. And and Stephon Gilmore was just an amazing thing to seal the deal, and then of course him trash talking at the end after he made the catch. This my this my stadium, this my city. 
even though I feel like he said something else, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to repeat it, but a wonderful touchdown to seal the deal. A wonderful touchdown to seal the deal. The San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. Now the Rams can't protect the quarterback and able to run the ball. Now Cooper Cup is has an is ankle injury. We don't know what the severity of it is. What uh, the severity of it. But the Rams are going to be in some trouble. Like they they just can't do anything offensively and then defensively. I feel like they're struggling defensively as well. But we look at the Niners. Second week with Christian McCaffrey threw a touchdown a day, rushed for a touchdown a day, called a touchdown a day, did his thing. Now what they what what they decided to do with Debo Samuel come back and those two are right there with each other. I'm looking forward to that because it's 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 amazing. Now again, Jimmy Garoppolo, I just Jimmy Garoppolo. You can only go so far with Jimmy Garoppolo, but you was able to come away with with dub against the, the against the Los Angeles Rams. I I want to see what Christian McCaffrey's fantasy points were for this game too as well. All right, the the hot the hot New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. Finally took a L. Coming into this game, they was five and one. CB yeah, six and one. Excuse me, six and one. And then another another two te- two teams that were that you was like, oh, okay, they're not going to be making any noise. Like we're not worried about them. And then boom, these two teams are like at the top of the division. Like the Seattle Seahawks, I believe they're in first place. First place, the Seattle Seahawks. Let's. Google that real fast, excuse me. But yeah, slinging the ball with Geno Smith. Who was expecting Geno Smith to... Who was expecting Geno Smith to come out and play like this still? Yep, six and five and three. 49 is a four and four. So yeah, the Seahawks are in first place. Wasn't expecting Geno to come out and do this. And like, he's doing it on a consistent basis. It's not just one here, one there, one here, one there. Hit and lock it. Hit and Metcalf. Like taking what the defense is giving him, taking care of the ball, and then you you have an excellent compliment with Kenneth Walker, which everybody's sitting down and talking about saying that he's probably the best, having him the best rookie season as a running back since Adrian Peterson. Like, hold up now. But dominant performance by the Seattle Seahawks, even though the New York Giants special teams back-to-back muffed punts put the put Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks in excellent field position for them to come away with some points, and they won the game. All right, so we got the Monday night game. That's the last game we got up here. Trying to see. What's the spread on this right now? We're going to get y'all out. We're going to finish this thing off with that spread with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns, which without Jamar Chase is going to be hard. 
But we're going to see. we definitely going to see. But I, who do I want to roll with? All right, so the spread is three points. I am going to go with... I'm going with Cincinnati. Taking the three points with Cincinnati for sure. Taking the three points. Yeah, we're going we're going to take the three points. But uh, that is it for this week eight edition of the of the Not for the Bay podcast. Uh, be sure to go ahead and follow us on our social media pages, and we'll be back in the week you with can another look show. You in my eyes, and you know I'm up to something. Yep, 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 yep. Ain't no fucking guess me feel like how we ain't no puppet. Like the heavens need an angel just for studying Yeah, you know it's always a vibe When some real ones collide Gotta keep some people around who know how to survive Hustling like a nigga just arrived Around the clock a nigga loses sense of time I done been through some shit Yeah, I been through some shit But I can do it for what it's worth Can't show no love if the respect don't come first Can't pay no mind Look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something Ain't no love lost, I just move how I move